All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Thanks to all of you for being with us. Our toll-free number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this program. I just can't take it anymore. I, you know, Now, there's a YouGov poll out. 58% of Americans believe that COVID was invented at the Wuhan province uh, virology lab that apparently you, the American taxpayers, were funding through the NIH. That would be flip-flop. Dr. Fauci's NIH. Anyway, fully 58% believe it was definitely or probably true that coronavirus originated in that lab, uh, which is a logical conclusion. If you raise the question a year ago, oh, that's a debunked conspiracy. That's a lie, conspiracy, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. Now, we got these emails that are out, and they're damning. They're extraordinarily damning as it relates to flip-flop Fauci. I mean, you you have, you know, this is a guy, Fauci, that said in 2012, oh, yeah, gain of function research, even if it allows and creates a pandemic, you know, I would support because it's valuable. In other words, can you make a virus more, uh, more powerful and engineer it? I mean, isn't it about time that we find out what really what the hell happened here? I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable. 600,000 Americans die. And worldwide, how many millions are dead? And how many people have suffered? And every everybody's shut down and over a year of our lives worldwide just put into chaos. Anyway, from the start of the pandemic, I tried to, okay, Dr. Fauci, NIH, give him the benefit of the doubt. And he's been wrong on everything. Masks. Ah, masks don't work. Masks work. Wear double masks. Masks are probably going to be an annual thing in this country. Sure, if you're healthy, go on the cruise ship. What the hell? Lockdowns, origins of the virus, models, projections. Everything was dead wrong. Now, I, it's time for this guy after these emails. He's got to go. He has no business now running the NIH, especially when you see these emails. One email January 31st. Now, that happens to be the exact day that Trump implemented his xenophobic and hysterical travel ban, as Joe called it. And that was 10 days after the first identified case of coronavirus. Anyway, a team of America's top scientists studying COVID-19 warned Fauci directly. Some of the features of the virus look engineered. This is 10 days after the first identified case of covid in the u.s one day later fauci top deputy at the nih exchanged frantic emails about gain of function research you know for gain of function that's what often involves the manipulation of viruses making them more dangerous more lethal more infectious and that practice is so risky we even stopped it in this country for many years but by the way that it was fauci who said in 2012 that even if it risked the pandemic, it was worth doing the research. I'm like, huh? Are you kidding me? What are we messing around with viruses for and trying to make them more lethal? Unless there's some nefarious purpose. But it appears that Fauci was not only worried the virus was the result of gain-of-function research, but also that the, his NIH funded it. One email to Fauci reads, the paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain-of-function pause but have since been reviewed and approved by the nih well that seems to implicate the nih 
helping to fund gain of of function of this uh, virus with our money. Quote, someone at the NIH will try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. Well, obviously you do. And it's it's an admission in and of itself, as I read it. Fauci then goes out publicly and throws cold water on the theory, even though he's being told the opposite. That the COVID that COVID originated from the Wuhan virology lab. Sounds like he could have known. What what did he know? When did he know it? And why was he not telling the American people the truth about it? Now he told National Geographic in May he's very strongly leaning towards a conclusion the virus could not have been artificially deliberately manipulated. That's not what you believed in the beginning, flip flop. It's not. You know, multiple occasions strongly implying the virus originated in, in nature. Got an email from to Fauci in April. NIH director Francis Collins refers to the lab leak theory as a Fox News fueled conspiracy theory. The same month, a scientist named Peter Daszak thanks Fauci. Oh, thank you. I just want to say thank you. A personal thank you publicly standing up that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin. In other words, let's all get on the same page, shall we? For COVID-19, from bat to human, spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, why would it be a logical thought to think that that Institute of Virology was involved in this? Because they studied coronaviruses there. That's what they did. And clearly, based on these emails, Fauci knew that gain of function was part of it. This is why Rand Paul said two words with these emails. Told you. This is what he was saying. This is what Ted Cruz was saying. This is what Senator Kennedy of Louisiana was getting to. And from my perspective, he continued, your comments are are brave and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun around the virus's origins. Meanwhile, Dazak has deep ties, it turns out, to China and the corrupt WHO, which is the propaganda wing that we're funding for China. And they've done nothing but but run defense for China the whole time instead of doing their job and protecting the health of the world. You know, that same lab probably leaked the virus. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good guess at this point. And it's likely that your, our money was spent for it. I want, it, I want answers. I don't think we're going to get them from, from Fauci, but Fauci's too busy now profiting from the, or trying to profit from the pandemic in his book, Thank God it's only 80 pages. Expect the unexpected. Ten lessons on truth, service, and the way forward. For some reason, they pulled it off Amazon as soon as the emails came out. And what's Joe Biden going to do? What is Joe Biden going to do? I mean, the YouGov poll, 58% of Americans believe COVID was invented at this, this virology lab in Wuhan. Why did the Chinese have a travel ban? Nobody from the rest of China could go to Wuhan province. You couldn't leave Wuhan province and go to anywhere else in China. But you could leave Wuhan province and travel anywhere in the world except for China. Doesn't that kind of give away that they knew that this could be really bad? I think I think we're beginning to see a pattern here. Fauci goes on, I guess, you know, MSDNC this morning, warning that America can't be taking too accusatory a tone with China over investigating the origins of coronavirus It could lead the communist government to be even more reticent to share information. Huh? 
Listen to this. Why is this so hard? Why is it so hard to find the source of this outbreak that's killed more than 3 million people around the world? 600,000 people here in the United States has upended our lives and our economy. Is it because China is so opaque? Is it because WHO is not sharing information? Why is this so difficult? You know, there are several reasons, Willie, why it's difficult. I think one of the things is that we need better access to all the information. I mean, it's obviously in China's interest to find out exactly what it is. And the is of the of the natural theory would be to find that link. So you have to keep looking for it. I mean, obviously, you want openness and cooperation. One of the ways you can get it is don't be accusatory. Try to get both a forensic, a scientific and an investigational approach. I think the accusatory part about it is only going to get them to pull back even more. They haven't been open the whole time. And when when Fauci said, I wrote it down, I mean, it's obviously in China's interest to find out exactly what it is. No, it's in China's interest to hide from the world their culpability of unleashing the holy hell on the entire world. It's it's unbelievable to me. And that's flip-flop Fauci, as political as he is. Now, Republicans, thankfully, Fox News is a piece They're now demanding that it's imperative for Fauci to testify and provide information, what he knew based on these leaked emails about the origins of COVID, gain of function, and why NIH money was even given to this Wuhan lab of virology. You know, I mean, there was a great article in the New York Post today. Fauci, you're a lab rat. Hi, Tony. Thanks for sharing. I saw this earlier today, and both Eddie and I actually quoted it. It's a great article, but the problem is that our psych, uh, uh, psychogenic analysis aren't able to answer whether sequences are unusual at individual residues, except if they are completely off. And it goes on to say a a phylogenic tree, the virus looks totally normal and Close clustering with bats suggests that bats serve as the reservoir. The unusual features, though, of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So one has to look really close at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. This is January 31st of 2020. They're telling him from the day from the day of 10 days after the first identified case we've got a good team lined up and da, 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 and we all find myself included the genome inconsistent with expectations um with exceptions from evolutionary theory they don't believe him they're telling him gain of function they're telling him this virus was altered that, in fact, he doesn't want the world knowing we paid for it in all likelihood. And Fauci complained that the another email was too long that exposed China's cover-up. Too long for me to read. March of 2020, physicists working in China tried to warn Fauci. A massive cover-up of China's soaring COVID body count is underway. And now this is the same Fauci that's that's telling us, lecturing us, that, in fact... You know, it's in China's best interest to find out what happened. No, it's not. It's in their best interest to hide it. 
This is this is really corrupt. And we and we've all suffered as a result of this. You know, but in March of 2020, gets an email, Eric Nielsen, co-founder, Biosignal Technologies, regarding important information about coronavirus, COVID-19. Explained in the email, he's a physicist, has been modeling the outbreak since January, was in contact with immunologists, virologists, top-tier institutions and labs. In one excerpt, the physicist tries to warn Fauci the number of body bags my contacts told me about even after 50, a short 15-minute walks to and from grocery stores in one city during the authorized time slot suggests the number of deaths is several orders of magnitude larger than what China's posted data indicates. Now, it's too long for me to read. This guy is getting away with, what, what the hell is this? No wonder Rand Paul said, told you, told you, he's right. Ted Cruz nailed Fauci on gain and function. Senator Kennedy nailed him on it. New intel lends more credence to this, you know, gain of function cause that he supports. Now he's telling us he was never anti-Trump. Oh, okay. Unbelievable. Well, that pretty much that pretty much lays it out. One other tidbit in this too long email that um, flip flop Fauci. Uh, didn't want to read, and this was from this guy, Eric Nielsen, physicist, CEO, Biosignal Tech, March of 2020. You know, on top of what we just told you about what it is that this guy was trying to tell Fauci, trying to explain to him about that, yeah, the number of body bags were being lied to by China. Oh, it's in China's best interest to be transparent. No, it's not. But also in this email... This guy uh, suggested two drugs that could possibly help with the pandemic. This is the too long email to read email. And he said in the email he had instructed members of his family to get what's called Alvesco. It's it's for emergency use only. He claimed that his colleagues on the front lines in Japan, China, Korea found several preprint papers that it is an effective treatment for late stage COVID-19 patients. Then he went on to say some patients on ventilators who are approaching death have fully recovered after treatment with, I don't even know how to say this, C-I-C-L-E-S-O-N-I-D-E, noting that it had much smaller particles than other uh, corticosteroids and reaches deeper to the lungs, etc. Then he claimed a second drug that could possibly be used. Yeah, that drug was called hydroxychloroquine, directly to Fauci. Scared to that became politicized immediately because Donald Trump said. Now, Daniel Wallace wrote in April of 2020, he's the foremost expert in the country on hydroxychloroquine, the number one lupus practice in America, number one rheumatoid arthritis practice in America. He's written 250 peer reviewed articles. He's been dispensing hydroxychloroquine for some 40 some odd years. And he said the risk of taking it at a time when we had no therapeutic, forget whether it works or not, is nil. That's what his words were. Nobody wanted to hear it. Now, now we have subsequent studies, a number of them, the two studies that said hydroxychloroquine was bad that were published. Yeah, they had to rescind those from these prestigious medical journals. But now all these other studies have come out saying, yeah, it's actually effective if taken early, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you can't say that in the media even today. Why read the science? Why believe the science?
25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, So President Trump just released a statement. Now everyone, even uh, the so-called enemy, are beginning to say that President Trump was right about the China virus coming from the Wuhan lab. He said it in May of 2020. The correspondence between Dr. Fauci and China speaks too loudly for anyone to ignore. China should pay $10 trillion to the United States and the world for the death and destruction that they have caused. Well, somebody that wants to actually hold China accountable besides me. It's unbelievable. Dr. Fauci, it's in their best interest to get... No, it's not in their best interest. No, you think China... Oh, apparently, yeah, we, we knew it was bad. We hid the number of deaths. We put our own travel ban within the country in effect, and we let you get screwed. Because that's the only answer. It's unbelievable. Anyway, we'll have more coming up as the program unfolds today. Uh, Food price inflation now is at its highest point in nearly 12 years. UN Food and Agriculture Organization, they have now come out with reported Thursday that food prices are, look at this, this is unbelievable. Food prices in May saw the biggest month-on-month gain since 2010. Los Angeles Times recently reporting the price of seafood is up 18.7% over a 13-week cycle that ended in late April. In addition, Nielsen IQ report recently found prices in 50 out of 52 food categories tracked have price increases, with only exceptions being milk and butter. This price increase have also reached restaurants. Of course it does. It's everything costs more. When you're paying 65 cents more for a gallon of gas or diesel, you're going to pay more for everything. When you raise taxes on corporations, they're going to raise prices even more. What I've been trying to tell you, nothing is for free. Uh, unless you make $400,000, he means 200000 because there's 400000 per couple. You're going to see a tax increase. You're not going to pay a single penny. That is total BS. That is a total lie. It's bullshit, to use the ever-so-affectionate phrase of Adam Schiff. 23 states now are suing the Biden administration to bring back the Keystone Pipeline. Well, now that he gave his best friend Vladimir a waiver, how about we give a waiver to the Keystone XL Pipeline so we can get that pipeline back on track and online so we can get back to energy independence? I know a novel idea. Anyway, so Montana Attorney General announcing that Florida Attorney General, Alaska's Attorney General, have been added to the amended complaint to the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Texas. Maybe we'll actually win one for the good guys for once. You know, like working men and women. By the way, don't think working on a pipeline is easy work. You know, rain, sleet, snow, freezing weather, you're out there. It's not easy work. These guys earn their money. This, these are career jobs, skill-specific jobs. You just can't train. Well, we want you to get another high-paying union job. Well, where? Where is it? Jen Psaki, circle back, saying, oh, yeah, well, the average is still lower than the last 14 years on average. Well, who cares? The gas prices are going through the roof. We're paying a lot more because of your policies. Half of America's states now have canceled Biden's job-killing unemployment benefits. Governors in half the states, they said enough is enough. They now have determined that 
Biden's bonus unemployment payments are so economically destructive that their constituents are better off without them. Republican leaders, 25 states are terminating the $300 weekly federal pandemic unemployment boost because they can't get workers. There are jobs available. Great, interesting article. Uh, Oh, why is your summer vacation suddenly looking more expensive? Because everything costs more. The lifeblood of the economy is energy. When energy prices go up, the cost gets put onto you, not only at the pump, not only to cool and heat your house, but also for everything you buy that is delivered with an 18-wheeler. That's called trucking. The lifeblood of the entire economy. Everything you buy in your grocery store, everything you buy at Home Depot and Lowe's, everything you buy at your drugstore, it came in a truck somewhere, if not numerous trucks. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, what's Joe going to do now? What is Joe going to do with China now that we know that they they covered up what they did? What is Joe going to do with Russia we now had the JBS ransomware attack. By the way, th- this is now, Fox Business had a great article. This is an ominous, uh, ominous trend now beginning here, which is targeting, first it was Colonial Pipeline and energy for 17 states. Now it's now it's the meat industry. Meat prices already had been going through the roof. I'm not going to change my diet. I still like meat. That's what I eat. I'm not going to change. And everybody's paying more for meat. Anyway, the JBS, <clears throat> these, by the way, these, uh, are these allergies killing you? These are the worst allergies. I went back and I looked. This has now been going on since early in May. It's been the highest count that I can remember in my adult lifetime. Must be global warming. Anyway, the JBS attack hit servers supporting the company's North American Australia IT systems. What are you going to do? These are two Russian hacks, Joe. What are you going to do? Now it raises the question, how compromised are the Bidens? Because Hunter, zero experience, got all the money from Ukraine. Joe leveraged a billion to fire the prosecutor, investigating his zero experience son. Then it's Kazakhstan. Then it's the, the, the Moscow, first lady of Moscow, three and a half million dollar wire transfer to Hunter's company for no experience there. Then it's the $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China, coupled with the Chinese national shopping spree for Hunter and his family. And now we know that Joe lied when he said, I've never talked to my son ever about any business dealings with any foreign companies. No, you were too busy having dinner with them, which we now have the pictures of. Imagine if the last name were Trump. We'll get into this later with Greg Jarrett. I'm telling you, we don't have equal justice and equal application of our laws in this country. It's over. We have a dual justice system. One for liberals, one for Democrats, one for deep state operatives, and one for the rest of us. If you're a Republican, conservative, God forbid you love Donald Trump or say a nice thing about Donald Trump. You know, you're a target. What are we going to do? Because this is an ominous trend. Targeting critical industries. You know, I read another article on this that, and this kind of scared me. This was on Fox Business also. Is this, these attacks, Colonial Pipeline, JBS attack on the meat industry, is this cyber attack a dry run 
Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas said last month that ransomware attacks cost victims a combined $350 million in 2020. By the way, why am I telling you to protect your good name, credit, reputation, credit score, you know, lifelock.com? I mean, you need it because they see the threat you'll miss on your own. This is why I've been telling you. It's, I believe it. Russian-based hacking group victimized JBS. Hey, Vlad, what are you going to tell Vladimir when you meet him? And Vladimir determines you're a cognitive mess and weak and frail. He's going to, I guarantee you, Vladimir, he's evil. He's corrupt. It's a hostile actor from a hostile regime. But, you know, evil people, you know, can be smart. doesn't mean he's stupid. He's not going to be influenced by the media mob and big tech that protect Joe. FBI says this Russian-linked group is responsible for this JBS attack. The White House previously said a criminal group likely based in Russia. The FBI is saying a Russia-linked company. What did Vladimir know? When did he know it? Is this, you know, top security officials warning of more ransomware attacks? Chris Butera saying the government does not encourage ransom paying, but understands if private companies disagree. In other words, go ahead, pay, pay the ransom. Good grief. New York City's MTA says they were hacked in April. Wonder if that was done by the Russians. Wonder if Joe would ever confront, you know, how does he confront Vladimir? What does Vladimir have on Hunter? What, is, what does China have on Hunter? What does Kazakhstan have on Hunter? What does Ukraine have on Hunter? How do we know that these these countries haven't let it be known that they got a lot? Oh, Hannity, you're 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 gone into conspiracy theory land. I know. That's like, oh, the origins of the coronavirus likely started in the Wuhan Institute of Virology lab where they study coronaviruses. Where Anthony Fauci knew gain of function research was being done, but still funded it anyway. These are scary times, I gotta tell you. They really are. Biden crime family, Hunter, you know, I, by the way, you know, the, the Hunter, this is an interesting question. Remember, he denied ever knowing the woman that claimed that he fathered the child. Yeah, that would be a big lie, too, because he apparently the mother of his child, his daughter, uh, was on the company's insurance plan. And then he kicked her off the plan after she gave birth to his daughter. Wow. What's Joe think of Hunter now? Is he completely ignoring his own granddaughter? I am just trying to, you know, understand it here. If we're talking about Grandpa Trump, the media mob, they'd be all over this. We're not. We're talking about Grandpa Joey. They could trade sippy cups, some warm milky and, and warm and cookies together. Anyway, so Hunter fathers this child out of wedlock. Okay. Common occurrence. No big deal, I guess, in this day and age. Just take care of the kid. And he continued, lied for two years about even knowing the woman. A paternity test proved that the daughter was his. Now we find out that he knew this woman in spite of his denials. And then he had the woman on his own health insurance company plan. And then canceled it after the woman gave birth to his own daughter. Unbelievable. Former, this is from the New York Post. Quote, the former stripper who bore Hunter Biden's out-of-wedlock child and who he claims he has no memory of meeting 
was on a consulting firm payroll during her pregnancy. Text messages revealed retrieved from his laptop reveal. After the first son made sure she was booted off the company insurance plan after she gave birth, according to the text. Messages contained on Hunter's abandoned laptop. I've been telling you there's more on there. Again, there's still more. I've been briefed by people who have seen it. I do not have a copy. My lawyers will not allow me to get a copy. been offered a copy and a way to get the copy, but I'm not allowed to get it. My lawyer, to quote my lawyers, no, we will stop representing you if you do it. I understand why. It's just unbelievable. Then the speech in Tulsa. I don't know if you saw Larry Elder and Leo 2.0 last night on Hannity. Oh, my gosh. Did you see it, Linda? <laughs> they cracked me oh, up. I love Leo. I, I love Leo and Larry. They're great guys. They're good friends of mine. And Leo said, I want to go first. I want to go first. Let me go first. He's just coming out, you know, going out of the chair. I said, all right, go ahead, Leo 2.0. He goes, Sean, look at me. I'm black and I'm a lawyer. He was, both of them cracked me but up But it's so night. true. They're I both mean, lawyers. He, they're sitting I mean, what, what up is there, he, these is accomplished people. Biden yeah, doesn't sorry. even recognize them. It's crazy. I, I mean, is he implying that there aren't African-American lawyers and accountants? Because I'm sure there's probably millions of them. It's pretty gross. And, or is he implying that African-Americans are just as good entrepreneurial, but, he, but they don't have access to accountants and lawyers? Are, are you saying that African-Americans, what, that they, they don't know enough to go to an accountant or a lawyer, but they can run a business? What the hell is this with this guy? He gets a pass on all of this racial crap. Partnering to stop, you know, our public schools from becoming racial jungles. Partners with the former Klansman, gets away with it. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm the only one that talks about it. Anyway, global food prices near a decade plus high. Companies spending more on wages and supplies. They can't get enough workers. Wide open borders, and in the dark of night, Joe is 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 sending illegal immigrants to all the states in the country. It's your problem now. I mean, these illegal immigrants don't have money. That means food and water and shelter and health care and education. That then the taxpayers of these states are bearing the burden of Joe's uh, aiding and abetting the law breaking by ignoring the laws of the land, rather than if he wanted to change them, doing it the appropriate way which would be to actually have fellow Democrats pass a bill in the House and Senate that he can sign. Apparently that's too much work for Joey. Sippy cup. Everyone wants me to sell sippy cups. Have you know? Have you been getting those requests, Linda? Oh my gosh! All day long. I, I have know. So I mean, many I feel emails. stupid selling sippy cups. Why do the people want the sippy cup? Because. You talk Alyssa about on TV was the one that ordered the one with the presidential seal on it. It's hilarious. Oh, man. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. You know, I, I'm looking at the world stage right now. And, for example, I, one day I would really prefer that Joe Biden stay home and and get night night nappy all day and warm cookies and and a sippy cup a warm milky and all is the day he's supposed to meet vladimir putin i believe it's scheduled for june 16th because well frankly if putin sees biden the way i see him and the way now rasmussen in their poll 
shows most Americans see him as weak, uh, as certainly a plurality, then Putin's going to be even more emboldened. Now, I know nobody in the mob and the media wants to talk about the issues of where Joe is compromised with his son's zero experience hunter. Nobody seemed to care that he leveraged a billion dollars of your money to fire a Ukrainian prosecutor. Why would a vice president ever do that? Because that that prosecutor was investigating his zero experience son that said on GMA had no experience in energy, oil, gas or Ukraine. Well, why is his company getting millions of dollars from Burisma? Why did he get a a hundred thousand dollar family shopping spree from a Chinese national? Why did he get the Bank of China for one point five billion dollars? Uh, you don't think Deutsche Bank or Goldman Sachs or or Chase or any of these these big conglomerates on Wall Street could have would have been more qualified than Hunter? You know, then we got the first lady of Moscow, a Russian oligarch and three and a half million dollars from them. And then you got the Kazakhstan oligarch and and the relationship there. And now Joe said, I've never talked to my son, Hunter, about his foreign business deal. Never talked to him. Not one time. Like, really? Now we know that we have pictures of Joe meeting with all the foreign contacts and the emails to prove it. Imagine if this was Trump. I mean, we've got a problem. And so then we've got this problem of who really is running the Democratic Party. Because on economic policies, it's the squad and all this new green deal socialism. That's all. That's all Bolshevik Bernie, the guy that vacationed in the former Soviet Union, praised the murdering regimes of Castro, Daniel Ortega, Nicaragua and Hugo Chavez of Venezuela. You know, now the squad has its members making virulent anti-Semitic remarks Not a peep out of Joe, not a peep out of Nancy, not a peep out of Chucky. And now we've got a problem. We got a weak U.S. president that is now emboldening China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, because they can see it for themselves. And add to this now Benjamin Netanyahu. You know, we, we have what is now the weakest coalition government ever formed because this guy Bennett has has disagreements with BB. He is philosophically aligned with BB. You know, now we just we just had a ceasefire. We know it was happening. Four thousand rockets plus fired into Israel. And, and this guy is now putting together a government with labor, meaning the socialists in in Israel, the the Arab uh, for the first time ever, the Arab coalition is united to form this government. This is a government that will never survive because of this just fundamental disagreements. The one thing they just agree on is they don't like Bibi Netanyahu. That's it. Anyway, um, we had people like Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Haggerty of Tennessee that they went to Israel. And but let's listen to the squad. And I thought Ted Cruz had a good line about this, you know, the Hamas caucus in the Democratic Party and spokespeople. But the squad uh, like Tlaib and, and 
AOC and Congresswoman Omar and Presley. Just listen. We will continue to fight for our rights in Palestine and in Ferguson. We stand with you in solidarity. I rise today to recognize the deep trauma and loss of life perpetuated by systems of oppression here in the United States and globally. We must acknowledge and condemn the disproportionate discrimination and treatment that Palestinians face versus others in this region. Palestinians are, at best, third-class citizens in the nation of their birth. The Prime Minister of Israel has repeatedly stated he is committed to annexing Palestinian lands. This is a person that definitely needs to be held accountable for war crimes. People need to understand, I'm not asking you to stand against, um, you know, the, 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 the various people there, but the leader there that is promoting this kind of violence that is leading to the continuation of killing of you know children and and just the continuation of just the pain and the harm and the oppression uh, uh, and the violence towards Palestinians that is that is something that has continued to be enabled and supported by this prime minister and the United States must acknowledge its role in the injustice and human rights violations of Palestinians this is not about both sides This is about an imbalance of power. And instead of condemning blatant crimes against humanity and human rights abuses, many members of Congress have instead fallen back on a blanketed statement defending Israel's airstrikes against civilians under the guise of self-defense. Palestinians are being told the same thing as black folks in America. There is no acceptable form of resistance. We are bearing witness to egregious human rights violations. The pain, trauma, and terror that Palestinians are facing is not just the result of this week's escalation, but the consequence of years of military occupation. All right, joining us now, he's just back from his trip to Israel. He went with Senator Ted Cruz, as Senator Haggerty of the great state of Tennessee. Senator, welcome back. Always great to have you. Um, we do have apologists for, for those for a terrorist organization known as Hamas that fired over 4,000 rockets into Israeli cities to kill Israelis. And I'm having a hard time understanding why the leaders of the Democratic Party don't condemn this caucus. Uh, Me as well, Sean. And by the way, it's great to be back with you also. Um, It was, as I just listened to what you played, uh, they've got it exactly backwards. It's just as you say, Hamas launched 4,000 rockets into southern Israel. Thank goodness the Iron Dome was there to counter that. But I went and visited in on-site, demolished homes of Israeli civilians. It's Hamas who shot at and, and killed Israeli civilians, you know, indiscriminately uh, killed Israeli civilians, targeted Israeli civilians. And if you look at what the Israelis did with Iron Dome, they, in very precision manner, dealt with 90% of the rockets that were shot. But if you look at the Hamas tactics, they fired these rockets indiscriminately, and some 20 to 30%, Sean, 20 to 30% of these rockets that were fired landed inside Gaza, destroying their own property and destroying Palestinian people. So this is an incredible misrepresentation by the left here in America. You know, I, I just worry. It's it's sort of like, okay, and, and I know you asked this question. Senator Cruz asked this question. I know Lindsey Graham was also over there. You know, why do we even have to make the case that if a terrorist organization whose own charter calls for the destruction of the state of Israel, our number one ally in the Middle East, uh, and 4,000 rockets are fired at its people, well, what would we do 
if those rockets were fired at us. I know what I would want our government to do. Well, I, I feel exactly the same way, and I think all of America does, too. Sean, that's why I think it was important that, that I be there, that Senator Cruz was there, that Senator Graham was there. After this 11-day war, essentially launched by Hamas, we need to show our ally Israel that we stand with Israel. And if you ask the people in Tennessee whether they're Democrats, Independents, or Republicans, we stand with Israel. And I think that's true across the United States of America. This is a very small yet very vocal minority in the Democrat Party that is pushing their entire party's leadership in a far left direction. And they're going to find themselves with these anti-Semitic comments and support for terrorism in a wrong place versus America. It really, it really is a frightening scenario. You know, the underreported story of our time is both Russia and China are providing the Iranians with arms that they're using to ship to Yemen to fight their proxy war in the Middle East. Now, um, that ought to alarm everybody. And my big concern is I see Joe Biden as weak, frail and a cognitive mess. And I think it was pretty obvious that the Chinese felt emboldened to lecture the United States in Anchorage when they had their summit there about human rights, of all things, when we should have been lecturing them about their lying and covering up on COVID. And then they should be paying a price for the world for that. Um, then we've got Vladimir Putin saying, yeah, you want to debate? Let's do it before the weekend. Um, yeah. And I hope you feel better. Obviously, he sees Joe Biden as cognitively weak. But then you got to look at the compromise, uh, you know, these deals with Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Russia, Russian oligarchs, Kazakhstan oligarchs, Chinese nationals, China, the Bank of China and Hunter. And I'm really beginning to worry that Joe Biden is is completely compromised because of the actions of his son based on all these new developments. Well, I, I think it's a, a grave concern and the Biden family's financial ties both to China and Russia that you've so clearly articulated in the past. Uh, that that's a major concern, but just look at what you know from from the standpoint of Vladimir Putin as he as he looks forward to his meeting coming up with Joe Biden, he's getting everything he wants with conceding nothing. The Nord Stream two pipeline, let's let it go through. That's that's. Can Vladimir you explain Putin's that to me? Didn't didn't we just stop? Didn't we just fire and take jobs away, high paying career jobs from from people that were working on the Keystone XL pipeline? Correct me if I'm wrong, Senator. And then he gives a waiver to Vladimir. It's, it makes no sense whatsoever. We finally achieved energy independence under President Trump. And what, is, what does Biden do? He kills that by killing the Keystone XL pipeline. That, that oil and gas is going to go to China. They're laughing all the way to the bank. In the meantime, while he's hampering and, and cutting back on America's inter, energy independence, while he's cutting back on our oil producers, he's approving the, the, the Russians' effort to control oil flow into Europe. And, and, and it's just uh, unbelievable that he would prioritize Russia's interest over America's. Yeah, I mean, it's inexplicable to me. It doesn't make any sense. How do we deal with the fact? And, and why is there zero interest? You know, with all the talk about quid and pro and quos, how come the media in this country? How come Democrats in this country? You have one anonymous hearsay whistleblower, only one fact witness who said Donald Trump asked for nothing. Everybody else was an opinion witness or a hearsay witness. And they impeached Donald Trump over this. But you got Joe on tape bragging that he leveraged a billion taxpayer dollars to fire a Ukrainian prosecutor that was paying millions to his son's company. And his son goes on Good Morning America and admits he has no experience in oil, gas, energy, Ukraine. Now, that would be a real quid pro quo to me. The media doesn't care. 
Uh, big tech doesn't care. Uh, Democrats don't care. I mean, are we now living in this, you know, alternate universe where only conservatives go to jail and are held accountable? It feels that way, Sean. The double standard is enormous. You, you know, on, on my election night, uh, I, I spoke with President Trump. He was certainly congratulating me on my win, and we were talking about what looked like was going to be his win. And he said, you know, uh, Joe Biden wasn't, wasn't my opposition. He said, my opposition was the media and big tech. And he said, if, if I'm able to defeat them, uh, that, that's amazing, given the amount of effort that they put into defeating me. And if we think about the effort that, is, that, that goes into silencing conservative voices, that the, the media and big tech are bought in so deeply uh, that it is, is becoming enormously difficult uh, to, to, to address this, and it's incredibly unfair. The double standard you mentioned is something we've got to voice loud and clear. How do we reconcile the radical Green New Deal socialism policies of everything's free? How do you reconcile on the Second Amendment? How do you reconcile and have a discussion with people that want to dismantle and defund police departments? How do you have a discussion with people that want to confiscate pretty much everybody's wealth and redistribute it and everything's going to be free? Um, and positions such as the one taken by the squad on, on Israel and Hamas, etc., um, and how do you reconcile uh, any of these differences? Because I find them irreconcilable. I don't even find any pathway to negotiation in any way. Sean, I, I think you are exactly right. And rather than looking for reconciliation, and we should talk about that in the context of parliamentary procedure in the Senate, but if, if you talk about that, they are irreconcilable. I think it's incumbent on us as Republicans, as conservatives, to stand up and make our voice clear, to point this out in the clearest terms possible and make it uncomfortable for the Democrats like Joe Manchin, like, like Kristen Sinema, that you know can't agree and, 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 and buy into some of this crazy left-wing policy. Make this clear to the American public and, and let them understand that, that the policies that are being put forward by the extreme left aren't in sync with America and give the more moderate Democrat leaders the, the, the support so that they're emboldened to push back. Yeah. Senator, great to have you back on. As always, we appreciate it. Senator Haggerty, the great state of Tennessee. And we love, by the way, we had a great time in Nashville. We met your governor. He was on the show with us and other great governors from around the country that are actually doing a great job. And uh, everybody I know in Nashville and the rest of Tennessee is loves their state. They love it. They have a passion for it. And they're appreciative of good governance as opposed to, say, New York and California, New Jersey, so and Michigan. Thank you, sir. Let freedom ring. Thanks, John. Thanks, thanks, Sean. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. As promised, we're going to hit our busy phones. Laura is in Live Free or Die, New Hampshire. You know, I tried to talk your governor into running for Senate. Playing a little bit coy when we had him on the program when we were down in uh, Nashville last week. And um, I know he'd win the race. It's a winnable race for him. There aren't many other Republicans I can think of that could win in New Hampshire. If there are, I don't know them. Uh, anyway, how are you, uh, Laura? Glad you called. I'm doing well, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I heard yeah. that interview with Governor Sununu. Um, I was actually asking Corey Lewandowski if he was going to run, and he declined. So that would be my vote. Um, anyway, uh, I know you talked to all the senators and, and House people. So I, I guess I'm just calling for some input, some light at the end of the tunnel. 
I mean, how okay. much further does the country have to get into the toilet before the Republicans or the people in general stand up and actually do something about the administration that's in there right now? Well, let me start with some hope, okay? This way, you know, this, we don't start at a Debbie Downer here, right? Um, everything that I've, I've been doing this a while. It's not my first rodeo, okay? So um, I see trends. I see patterns. I've studied history enough to know that the, the country, you know, constantly flirts with socialism, then immediately recognizes its failure and lurches back. Uh, we watched the rise of the Tea Party in 2010. We watched the rise of Donald Trump in 2016. Um, it's never been this bad, but it almost guarantees success. Again, assuming HR1, SR1 is not passed, and both Senator Sinema of Arizona and Senator Manchin of West Virginia say they are not going to uh, end the filibuster. Assuming that holds true, then we have a lot of hope for 2022, especially if, if integrity is included in our electoral process. And there's a lot we have to do. I've identified the five things that I think are necessary to have confidence in election results and integrity. And that is one voter uh, ID, photo ID. Number two. Um, we certainly need signature verification. Number three, chain of custody controls so that both, you know, what all parties get to keep their eye on ballots once they arrive. Uh, number four is you got to clean up the voter rolls. And number five, partisan observers. It says in almost every state have a right to observe the vote counting start to finish. They've got to be allowed to do their job and not from 100 or 200 or 20 or, or 30 feet away. Um, and if we have those controls, I think we'll have more integrity and confidence in election results. But that's going to be up to every state. You, you see this level of desperation. You know, Democrats are calling it everything from racist to Jim Crow 2.0. You know, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware, far more restrictive than the Texas law or the Georgia law. But nobody in the media will ever tell you that. No Democrat will tell you that. Nobody's asked Joe, Joe, in, in the 5,000 years you've represented Delaware, why didn't you once lift a finger to make voting more accessible for people in your state? He, and he doesn't have an answer. So I, I have some hope and confidence. But at the end of the day, Laura, it, it's not me that will decide this. It's the country no, that will decide this. I wasn't asking you to decide it. I wasn't asking you to decide it. I know that. You know, people what I think is going to happen, what I can I can feel a movement rising. Let me put it to you that way. I feel an urgency building and I'm prayful, prayerful that it'll, you know, will crescendo in November of 2022. And it if will result that far. That's my concern. Well, I mean, look, look at the states that not, not only is the House of Representatives within reach of Republicans gaining control. But also, you know, look at the states that have Senate races, Florida. Then we've got Georgia. Then you got North Carolina, South Carolina. Then you got New Hampshire, your state. Then you've got Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. He'll probably be the number one target of Democrats. Then you've got Ohio. Uh, then you've got Arizona. If you want a bellwether for 2024, that's it. Because those are the states. And, oh, I forgot to mention Pennsylvania has an open Senate seat with Pat Toomey leaving. They've got three great people running there. I, I, I don't even, I'll take any one of them. They're so good.
Well, so, New Hampshire has all those five things that you mentioned off, and look what happened in Wyndham. I mean, they, they, they're still fighting that. Yeah, you know, I you know I'm not saying it's it's I'm not saying it, yeah, not it perfect, guarantees security, integrity, and, and confidence. I'm saying that's a great start, though, and it's not something we had in 2022. You know, people, you know, liberals try and you know confront me whenever I'm out. Well, do you think the election was was fair? I'm like, nope. Laws were broken. Constitutions yeah. ignored. Dual standards for voting existed in states like Georgia. I said, you can't have that and have integrity and confidence in election results. You can't. You gotta have voter ID. You gotta have signature verification. And Democrats desperately don't want that. And I can only conclude the reason being is that they think that they're, they, they can, there's something nefarious up their sleeve and they think they have more of a chance of winning that way. And they, that's why they're so quick to run and claim it's racism if you want integrity in elections. Well, though, these are fundamental things. We pointed out in Europe, you know, where we often hear liberals uh, quote European countries, there's only one country that doesn't demand photo ID for elections. So that doesn't fly their argument. Um, Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Laura. Glad you called. Wish you the best up in New Hampshire. Uh, Let's say hi to Stephanie. She's in the great state of Georgia. I lived there four wonderful years Lived in Roswell, Georgia. Stephanie, where are you from? I am from outside of the Atlanta area. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty descript, but go ahead. It's fine. I, I, I well, believe in privacy. Yeah, I'm trying to be pretty private because the subject that I wanted to talk about um, kind of requires my privacy. I wanted to talk about critical race theory in private schools and schools across the country. I work at a private school very similar to the Dalton School, and I've been listening to, you know, the Megyn Kelly show. I've been listening to you talk about this subject, and it really hits home and resonates with me and what's happening at our school. And I wanted to come on here, which I I really don't ever want to come on anything national, but I wanted to speak out for teachers that are afraid to speak up against this curriculum in fear that they might lose their jobs because there are other conservative teachers out there that are struggling with this curriculum that's being implemented in our schools without asking teachers' opinions on what we think on it. And it's really treacherous to our children. It's treacherous to the work environment, and it's treacherous for us to even speak out against it. And at our school, they did try to implement this Pollyanna curriculum, and teachers were terrified to speak out against it, even though we knew how terrible it was. It was a knee-jerk reaction to what was happening in the country, and our school decided to do this that some courageous teachers did speak out and they have suffered some consequences. And because of those few courageous teachers, we were able to sort of reverse this curriculum, even though we're still in the throes of deciding what we need to do to be diverse, inclusive, and equitable. Although how many other people are being excluded from this diversity? And I just hope that other teachers that maybe fit this bubble that I do, that are maybe afraid, that are young and are typecasted, are afraid to speak, that we're out there and don't be afraid, because change can only happen if you do speak out. And I'm starting to turn that corner by seeing some of these other teachers that were able to reverse these decisions in our school. Listen, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I could tell you that there is a genuine fear of parents, for example, to speak out when they send these kids to these expensive elite New York City private schools because they know that, that they're going to be canceled. And it's the same with teachers. They know that they're going to be canceled. And the fear is genuine and the fear is is real. Um, It's kind of hard, though, if you're a teacher and 
you know, you have a mortgage to pay and a car payment every month and you got to put food on the table and you're raising kids and you're trying to save for retirement, et cetera. You know, for you to then rock the boat and and state the obvious and stand up and know that the ramifications can be real. Yeah, that that is by definition courageous. And I understand why people are afraid to do it, because if they do, they're going to upend or risk upending their own lives. And it's sad that that's, you know, you can't even have teachers advocate for children for fear of retribution in this woke cancel culture world we live in. Now, they won't fire teachers when there's allegations in New York City of, of even sexual abuse. You know, they get to stay on the payroll and not be in a classroom for years and years and years because of the teachers unions. But you speak out against, you know, some of the woke curriculum uh, you know, probably the teachers unions will throw you overboard in two seconds. Sad. Yes, it's it's been a challenging year. Besides, well, by the way, welcome well. to my world. This is my world. I've lived in <laughs> cancel culture my entire career. Yeah, and it's it's just really challenging, and especially when the the side that wants to be so inclusive and understanding of the differences. I've already been typecasted as a liberal because I'm young. I teach in the arts. And they've already lumped me as someone who supports this curriculum. When I don't support it, I don't think it's inclusive for our children. It, it doesn't teach anything for them. And, and lately, the, since we've dumped this curriculum, we've now moved into well, what is your curriculum hitting in terms of diversity? Not once has anyone asked me what my curriculum is doing to actually educate children in any of the other subjects we teach. That's our focus of the school, and that's the focus of the schools across the country right now. So I really worry for the youth that's going to be this next two to three generations when that's our primary focus, not teaching the Iliad, not teaching the great classics. We're focused on how can we just teach diversity. That's it. That's, that's really the focus of going. You know, I, I, maybe I'm old fashioned. I guess I am old fashioned. But uh, how about we teach our kids to do reading, writing, math, computers? I don't even know if history is worth it anymore. Let the parents maybe supplement that at home because there's such disagreement, even on fundamental things. That, you know, this is fundamental and basic. You know, our kids go to public schools like in 13 public high schools in Baltimore and not a single kid proficient in math and reading, not one. How do you fail at that level and still keep your job? Because that's on the teachers and the teachers union. And it's the unholy alliance with teachers unions and Democrats. Teachers unions donate to Democrats and Democrats. Then, you know, you get the benefit of as a teachers union to write uh COVID-19 CDC guidelines for teachers. How nice is that? Anyway, I, I sympathize greatly with you, Stephanie. I appreciate the call. Sorry. This is the world we're living in. And, you know, for those that do have the courage to speak out, you're risking a lot. And if you can, I know some people really want to. They just can't. And I, I they know the, their gut tells them. You know, in cases like that, I would just argue while you're in the classroom and the doors closed, focus on whatever your subject matter is and do your best job doing that without going down the road of even being involved in this. Just just focus on the fundamentals. All right. Back to our busy telephones. Sue is in Florida, also an educator. What's up, Sue? How are you? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Sean, for having me on. Uh, yes, I'm from, actually from Venezuela. And um, oh. what I'd like to just tell your uh, your listeners is that if we don't wake up and really, this is very serious. I mean, I I, uh, I feel sorry for the 
gal that was just talking because they, you know, I have a lot of friends that are teachers, and uh, they want to speak up. But if you know, we're we're very blessed to have had fifty six minors that stepped up to the plate, and uh, and now we have two hundred and forty some odd years of an incredible country. But I've lived all over the world, and um, if we do not wake up. And start getting, you know, calling your senators, calling your congressmen, calling every uh, governor and your state representatives. And we have one year and five months left to save this republic. And if we don't, if we do not do that, uh, then we will lose this country. You know, people are coming all over the world. They're coming here to uh, We're losing we this call. Anyway, I, you know, I've got to let you go, Sue. I, I got the, listen, this is an admonition that I've heard from many people that have come from communist countries. And uh, I, I met people that, you know, from the former Soviet Union, people that fled, you know, and, and broken down dilapidated rickety boats and inner tubes and shark infested waters to get out of Castro's Cuba and get one foot on dry land. And it is always the same is they see a lot of the similarities in the lead up to what happened in their countries. And they're, they're very, very kindly trying to warn us. Don't let this happen to this great country. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, our number, if you want to be a part of the program. At the top of the hour, Greg Jarrett will be with us. Uh, we'll talk about Fauci. We'll talk about the world situation and the double standard in our justice system. Quick break right back. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. So I've been raising this question about whether or not in America today we have equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws. You know, I, I mean, we see flagrant double standards now that I, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. We saw the impeachment of Donald Trump over, you know, an anonymous whistleblower's uh, tip about a phone call that became public with President Zelensky of Ukraine. And there was talk, well, did he want to quit in a pro and a quo? Was there a quid pro quo? Well, there was only one fact witness in that entire impeachment, just one, who said, yeah, I talked to the president. He said he, he wants nothing. He doesn't want a quid pro quo. That's what the president said. Now, you had a lot of other witnesses, a lot of other noise. You had hearsay witnesses, then you had opinion witnesses. They were all nice. Everybody's got an opinion, but it's not facts that lead to impeachment. How did, how did we then simultaneously ignore Joe Biden leveraging $1 billion taxpayer dollars, which he brags about? We have the tape to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired when he's vice president. Because that prosecutor's investigating his zero experienced son who's being paid millions. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a got fired and there's tough guy joe and then his 50 year old son zero experience hunter says on gma uh no experience in oil gas energy or ukraine and well why did they pick you i don't know could it be maybe that your dad was in charge of ukrainian policy probably that's just one example we got the horowitz report with referrals in them for process crimes 
with top people in the FBI. And guess what? There was no pre-dawn raid with, you know, 30 guys in tactical gear and frogmen and fake news CNN cameras, guns drawn, you know, for Roger Stone lying to Congress. The exact same thing that the Horowitz report referred top people in the FBI for. They, they, there was no equal application or equal justice under the law. They wanted, they wanted Roger Stone to drop dead in jail. It was like they wanted Manafort dead in jail. Just like they wanted Papadopoulos and Flynn dead in jail. And just like they now want Donald Trump dead in jail. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. You care about in Russian interference? You know, three years of conspiracy theories and, and a hoax and lies perpetrated daily by the media mob. And it turns out that the only one that conspired with Russia and paid for a dirty Russian disinformation dossier was Hillary Clinton. And then that that dirty, unverifiable, now totally debunked dossier was used by people. It says verified on the top of a FISA application. And it was used then to lie to a FISA court repeatedly, using that as the bulk of information to get a warrant to spy on a presidential candidate, a transition team and a president. And they knew they, they knew very early on from Steele himself and from the subsource of Steele, the main source for Christopher Steele, that no, none of this is true. It's all bar talk. Anybody there held accountable? What do you think would happen to you if you lied to a, a court? I think I'd probably be handcuffed, put in jail, and put away, and then throw away the key. What if, in fact, I paid for a dirty Russian dossier against a Democrat? What would then happen to me? You know, what, what would happen if, if I leveraged a billion taxpayer dollars? What would happen if, if your last name's Trump, and you got paid millions and millions of dollars from oligarchs in Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Russia, um, for for business that you're not qualified to do, or the Bank of China, or a Chinese national. So I'm beginning to worry that equal justice and equal application of laws in this country are gone. Those I, I cannot say in confidence. I never thought I'd say this in my life. I don't have any confidence anymore in the concept of equal justice under the law or equal application of our laws. We absolutely have a, a dual justice system. If you're a conservative, you spit on the sidewalk or you jaywalk, you'll probably go to prison for 20 years. If you're a liberal, if you're part of the deep state, if you're a Democrat, you get away with it. How does Joe Biden get away with partnering with a former Klansman that filibustered the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, 64, 65, to stop the integration of schools and school busings because he didn't want public schools to become racial jungles. He partnered with the Klansmen to do that. He never even gets asked that question because he was in the media mob, big tech, Democratic Party protection program, candidate protection program. Now he's in the presidential protection program. Anyway, here with us, Greg Jarrett. He's the host of his own podcast, The Brief. He authored two number one bestsellers, Witch Hunt and the Russia Hoax, all the details you'd ever want. Here to talk about this and Fauci and a lot of other things. I mean, am I, am I, is this, is this hyperbole on my part or am I making a compelling case that we don't have it? Meaning equal justice and application, Greg Jarrett. Well, you, you know, equal justice under the law is uh, sculpted on the pediment of the U.S. Supreme Court. And, you know, in this day and age, it seems like it's just an empty slogan that has no meaning. And you pointed it out. I mean, you know, Joe Biden um, basically, uh, you know, withholding a billion dollars 
uh, unless a prosecutor investing in, investigating his son's company is fired. You know, it's a crime to use a public office, your vice presidency, to confer a benefit on a foreign government, uh, a billion dollars in aid, in exchange for something of value to yourself or an immediate relative, your son, Hunter Biden. And yet, uh, Trump's the guy who gets impeached not once but twice. And, and Biden, there's no thought by the Department of Justice of pursuing Joe Biden, much less in Congress. And, and Hunter Biden, <clears throat> where's his indictment? Uh, you know, he was in bed with, with the Chinese, uh, Kazakhstan, you know, in Moscow with the wife of the mayor. Uh, you know, he's running influence, peddling cons, raking in millions of dollars, leveraging his father's fame and power. Remember how Hunter's laptop revealed the big guy, a.k.a. dad, was scheduled to get a secret 10% cut of a, a big Chinese energy deal worth $11 billion to the Biden. Where's the indictments uh, for, for Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or Joe Biden's brother? Uh, so, you know, you're right that to, to lose faith because of the Department of Justice has now been politicized so that only conservatives and Republicans uh, have the justice system system weaponized against them. You get a get-out-of-jail-free card if you're a liberal or a Democrat. It's pretty amazing, and I I don't know where this ends, because it can't end, it's not going to end well. If we don't if we don't have this, it's, it's fundamental. We are a, c- a country based on the rule of law. A rule of law is based on a document called the Constitution. And, and then we've got this other problem on the law, too, Greg Jarrett, and that is that, well, we selectively pick and choose what laws we choose to, what we're going to obey and ignores the ones we don't. Because I see states with sanctuary state status and sanctuary city status and cities. And to me, and, and Joe Biden's policies of, okay, just come on in the country and we'll ship you off to one of the 48 states and... You can build your life there and dumping it in the dark at night on governors to take care of uh, food and shelter and, and housing and, and health care and education, uh, which states cannot afford, especially post-pandemic. And, and that, to me, would be aiding and abetting law-breaking. Why do I believe if I help facilitate somebody coming into this country illegally, provided the monies to do it, and protected them from the police and ICE, I'd probably be handcuffed and hauled off to jail, Greg, but maybe I'm just old-fashioned. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it is a crime to aid, abet, or harbor somebody here illegally. So these sanctuary cities, which is government endorsement of, of crimes, is against the law, and yet you have no enforcement of the federal law. Uh, nobody in Washington is going after these sanctuary cities and counties and states like California for uh, breaking the law with impunity. Uh, so, you know, it, it's no wonder that, you know, lawlessness uh, is escalating and that, you know, Americans have lost faith in it. I'll give you another example. The selective prosecution of 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 Donald Trump that seems to be in the works by Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, who promised before she ever was elected AG that she was going to investigate and prosecute Donald Trump for business dealings 
to which she was not even privy to a single uh, page of, of evidence or testimony. Well, hang on uh, a second. Now that a grand jury is convened, do you expect that there are going to be indictments handed down? Dan Abrams uh, thinks so? No, I, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I don't think that there's legitimate evidence. But, you know, remember, in a grand jury room, which is secret and closed, there is no defense. There's no one there to argue the other side. Oh, you mean you can uh, indict you know, a grand ham sandwich? Is that what you're telling us, Greg? What's that? You can indict a ham sandwich. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's uh, the famous saying, and, and it's, it's largely true. There are some exceptions. But uh, so, you know, grand juries are simply a rubber stamp for the most part. And so when Letitia James and... Uh, you know, the district attorney in Manhattan uh, decide that they want to I mean, uh, uh, seek an we indictment. We keep reading that this may have to do with evaluations of properties, and the evaluations for loan purposes are are higher. Don't loan in, loaning institutions, don't they do their own assessment of, of the of worth of a building? In other words, don't they do their own appraisals before they grant massive amounts of money, in this case, probably millions and millions of dollars, isn't it on them to check out what the value of the property, what they appraise it at before they would get grant such a big loan? It is. They're duty-bound to engage in what's known as due diligence. They, you know, they have, And if you, let's take a particular piece of property. So it really doesn't matter what, what an owner values a property at. It matters what their own appraisers think of it. Well, it it's not the owner who does the valuation. And Donald Trump always used uh, a bevy of lawyers, accountants, CPAs, and real estate experts to do all of that work. He doesn't do his own taxes. He doesn't write out applications for loans on commercial properties. It's done by his experts. He relies on them. Uh, to prove that he broke the law, you'd have to prove that he did so knowingly and intentionally. But if he's relying on experts... Um, you can't prove that. All right, as we continue, Greg Jarrett is uh, with us. I keep reading that, for example, prosecutors want to flip like the CFO of the Trump organization. Now, they're basically the way I, I understand the game with Sammy the Bull Gravano, 19 murders. Uh, we'll let you get in the witness protection program and stay out of jail. If you just give up John Gotti, we'll forget the 19 murders you committed. Well, that to me is something of great value, and somebody that's capable of murder would be capable of saying anything to stay out of jail. Usually people who flip get shredded on cross-examination because they have a motive to lie, saving their own skin. So, um, you know, the reliability of somebody who flips is, is dubious. Uh, whether or not a CFO would flip, that's speculation on the part of his former daughter-in-law, who has no idea uh, what her former father-in-law was doing. She doesn't have access to the documents. She wasn't involved in the process. That's irresponsible conjecture on her part. I mean, what's the average person supposed to take away from this, Greg? I mean, because I consider myself the average person. What I take away from it is, if you're a liberal, you get away with anything. If you're a conservative, you're held to the letter of the law. And even if you're innocent, you know, you're assumed the, the presumption of guilt exists. Well, the law is fair, but the people who administer the law are not fair. Uh, they are riven with bias, and they are all too often politically driven. And, and we've seen that 
certainly with Donald Trump, and the hands-off approach with Joe Biden and his family. And so, you know, faith in our rule of law has been uh, squandered and lost. And it's a shame uh, because, you know, the rule of law is one of the principal foundations in a constitutional democracy. And without it, uh, anarchy reigns and, and, and people are lost. And I have no Let me confidence. add one thing. We are now we have now criminalized political differences. Yes. That's how I see what's going on. Oh, I think I think that's true. I think that that people in Washington, uh, at the Department of Justice, and in other jurisdictions, are weaponizing the law for partisan gain and vindictiveness, uh, driven by politics. And well, it's a shame. We got to let you go. He's the host of the Brief, his own podcast. Uh, Greg Jarrett, always great to have you. I mean, it's a serious topic, but I mean. I, I, I can't believe this is where we're headed as a country. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. All right. 25 to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Linda's livid about this. I am, too. I mean, these Fauci emails, flip-flop, Dr. Fauci. I mean, we tried early on. We put him on. We actually put him on when it was first discovered in January of 2020 put him on radio put him on tv remember linda and yeah i just want to I, I think we should make a highlight there we didn't put him on he was reaching out to get on we no, were reaching out that to part. him that, that's not my job that's your job that's but true. i didn't know he had reached on. out at the time he was but, reaching out he was seeking airtime to talk about okay. this okay i i fact i didn't know understood but you know now fauci is actually urging the biden administration to go easy on china we lost nearly 600,000 Americans. It's a, frankly, it's a medical miracle that this didn't become 1917 and 18 all over again, you know, with the therapeutics that were developed in record time and, and now vaccines, three of them available uh, in record time. It's never happened before. Republicans rightly want to grill Fauci on these Wuhan lab leak emails, gain of function, NIH taxpayer money going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. What the hell is going on? And now Fauci's saying we have 600,000 dead Americans and he's lecturing us not to take too accusatory a tone with China over investigating the origins of the coronavirus. Why did China put in place their travel ban? You couldn't travel to Wuhan province from anywhere else in China. You couldn't travel out of Wuhan to anywhere else in China. But you could travel from Wuhan province to the rest of the world, which they never shut that travel down. Why not? You know, and, and being thanked repeatedly, profusely for protecting China. And, and yet it just made sense. This Wuhan uh, virology lab, th th they worked with coronaviruses. He worked with gain of function. These emails clearly recognized that the possibility that the NIH was was funding gain of function was real. And I still say, what did Fauci know and when did he know it? And why is, why is America giving China a penny for any virology ad? And why are we paying for the corrupt WHO? Well, you know, they basically become the propaganda wing of the Chinese government. And liberals are more concerned about calling it the Wuhan virus or the China virus. I, I, they're more concerned over names of the virus than getting to the bottom of it. What they, there are people that, that had coronavirus over a year and they've never gotten their taste, sense of taste or smell back. I don't know what that's like, but I got to imagine it takes away a pretty 
pretty big part of the human experience for people. I don't know. I, I can't imagine, you know, eating something and not being able to taste it. Linda, have you talked to anybody like that? I have talked to plenty of people. Yeah, a lot. They never, they never regain or have not regained their senses of smell and taste. And then other people, they call them long haulers. And that they're still, you know, months and months and months later, you know, they're still tired. They're still worn out. They're still feeling the impact. And of course, you know, the, the ventilator issue, everything else. It's so infuriating to me. Anyway, let's go to Linda's in California. Another Linda. How are you, Linda? Say hi to Linda from New York. The other, the New York coffee talk Hello. radio, Linda. Sean. <laughs> what's, what's up, Linda? How are you? I'm doing great, comrade. How are you, Sean? Oh, I love the, you. The, the United Socialist Utopia of California. <laughs> yes, from one socialist utopia coast to coast to another. <laughs> you know you know me, Sean. It's like unbelievable. Thank you for taking my call. It's an oh, honor to speak you. to you as always. You know, I'm a, you're your number one fan. Anyway, Fauci, Sean, Dr. Fauci, uh, to be honest, and I don't want to stir up anything, but Fauci lied, Sean. He just told us all a bunch of lies, and I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but people were actually dying, and we have to go back to that. And you have always been so eloquent when you speak about things, and Sean, you place them in a way that it makes us all think. But the truth is, there were people dying, and we were depending on Dr. Fauci to give us the proper information. And according to these emails, he was never forthcoming with us. He never was. You know, it's it's very disheartening to me. You know, the idea that America is giving any money to the communist Chinese blows my mind. The fact that we're funding the, the WHO blows my mind. The fact that, you know, all of this is happening and it's like everybody's asleep at the wheel. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, this is a hostile regime. They have yes. geopolitical, there are geopolitical ramifications to all of this. And the fact that they were so wrong on every aspect of this from start to finish. And he was in the middle of it the whole time. Now, there is a report that the Biden administration is trying to figure out a way to get rid of Fauci. But, you know, what did Joe Biden say during the campaign? A few times he spoke. Whatever Dr. Fauci says, I will do. Whatever Fauci says, Fauci was the gold standard. It really wasn't the gold standard. Guy telling us, you know, a year ago in March, uh, yeah, the masks don't work. Don't wear masks. These emails revealing, yeah, the mask that you're going to buy in your local store, it's not going to work. Then this whole gain of function issue. I mean, and then the money's from the NIH. And then him, you know, equivocating when being questioned by Rand Paul and Ted Cruz and Senator Kennedy of Louisiana. I mean, I'm sick and tired of it. And, you know, two words that Rand Paul said, told you. That's what he said. Because he's been screaming this for a long time. The only way that we're going to get any help in this country is conservative voices like yours and the other conservatives and the people like the, the politicians who speak up about this. Because, Sean, we have to have people like you and the other ones because the word has to stay out there and it has to be put out in the public on a regular basis. And that's what you do really well and some of the others. I just feel like sometimes we just don't have enough people speaking up like you do and some of the others, and that's where we have a problem at. There's, there's but, not a lot of us in talk no, radio. There's, you know, and and there are a few of us at Fox. It's not everybody at Fox, but there are, there are some of us that have conservative views. And right. media likes to say, you know, if you want networks that offer only one opinion, that's fake news CNN, and, and 
That's MSDNC. Fox actually has a variety of opinions. I mean, you, if you don't believe me, watch when Dan Bongino debates Geraldo because they're ready to kill each other every time. I mean, it's, it goes viral every time now. Uh, anyway, Linda, we miss you. God bless you always. John, love you. Take care. We love you, too. Thank you, Linda. Oh, this must be Linda Day. We got a Linda in Florida. Hello, Linda in Florida. How are you? Fabulous people. I'm well. I'm yeah, well, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I'm glad you don't have the accent have of Linda in New York and talk and radio <laughs> and coffee. I'm, you know, so refreshing. First of all, you love it, and so does this Linda. Everyone loves it. It's a wonderful thing. First of thing. all, I don't love it, but whatever. You don't you even do know love you it, have an secretly. accent. You deny you have one. I don't deny it. It's just a bad accent. It's like a mush, mish disaster. It's a mish, mush. All right. Linda in Florida, what's on your mind today? Well, I called to defend Linda. Oh, good um, grief. With her McDonald's. Well, her McDonald's thing. Oh, my God. Um, when, when my grandson was little, my daughter was a fanatic. Um, she even checked the amount of sugar in baby food before she would buy it. Um, she did let him go to McDonald's, but she always got a Happy Meal that was chicken. And she took the breading off so that all he got was the chicken. She rubbed his French fries with a napkin to get the salt and the grease off it. So she ruined the chicken nuggets and she ruined the French fries. Great. What's the point? Uh, that takes a happy what? meal and turns it into an unhappy meal because you're getting rid of all the good stuff. But he didn't know that. And that's what Linda's saying. You bring them up when they're young like that. They don't know the difference. Okay, but day, then, listen, everybody cake. needs to calm down. And by the way, I'm as, I was guilty of this a little bit when my kids were young. Helicopter parent, you know, worry about things in retrospect, I realize are stupid. Um, and, you know, you, I, I'm just watching this and I'm like, get the kid a Happy Meal. He gets chicken McNuggets or a cheeseburger, French fries. You can get water or juice instead of a, a Coke or, or a Sprite or whatever the kid wants. It's not that big a deal. Now, it makes kids happy. They call it a happy meal because kids are happy. They love to get the toys, and they like french fries, and they like chicken nuggets, and they like cheeseburgers. A lot of kids. Some kids don't like cheeseburgers. It's not a big deal. Why are we freaking out over one stupid happy meal? And, oh, well, my son likes air fried uh, french fries. I'm like, well, because your kid never had McDonald's french fries, which are infinitely better than air fried french fries. Oh, McDonald's fries are better than anybody's. Thank you. That's my point. Why deny the child occasional French fries from McDonald's or Wendy's? What's the big deal? They can do that when they get older. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's too uptight. You Lindas are uptight here. I'm telling you, this is nuts. Not me. I didn't bring my children up that way. My children brought their children up that way. I'm telling you, when McDonald's came into Franklin Square on Franklin Avenue and they moved in, they literally had a free large French fry coupon in Penny Saver, which is that free newspaper that they throw around in everybody's lawn. And me and my friends, I'll admit it, we walked around everybody's house and we cleaned up their, we did them a favor. We cleaned up their Penny Saver so they wouldn't have to pick it up. And then we take the coupons and we go to McDonald's and get, you know, massive portions of French fries and stuff our faces. And it, it, it works because I was hooked then for the rest of my life. I still am hooked on them, but I just can't have them that often. See, and that's what my daughter and your Linda tried to do was get their children unhooked on French fries. I'm not saying to have French fries every day. Linda will be the first to tell you. you know, Let me just state for the record, oh just, you know, I, the, my personal experience has been, okay. and, and it's just my personal experience, 
that my child loves French fries of all shapes and sizes, right? Now, he hasn't had any of the fast food French fries on my watch other than Chick-fil-A. Because He's you're, had the waffle you're fries. being an erotic helicopter parent. First of all, I'm not neurotic. I'm just present. It's very different. I could be like the other moms that sit at the park on their cell phones the whole time. They wouldn't notice that their kid got kidnapped. They're completely oh and totally okay. absent. All right, we're not talking about kidnapping kids. We're I'm talking just about saying. French fries. Okay, so anyway, so back to the French fries. But I'm just saying, like, uh, I noticed that he doesn't miss it. Now, he has had Burger King French fries with his dad once or twice. And Burger I asked King him, fries suck. I'm sorry. First of all, I like their Whopper, but their, their I, French fries are awful. I asked him, and he said, I like your fries better than that, Mommy. I said, okay. So Everybody would like any fries better than theirs. Theirs are the worst of any of them. That's just your opinion. At least they were fast food fries, and okay, he's Linda had Okay, Linda and Florida, do you agree with me? What are better fries, Wendy's, McDonald's, or Burger King? Oh, definitely McDonald's French fries. And I like Wendy's French fries, but I don't like Burger King, and I do like their Whopper with cheese. I do. Well, like I said, my daughter didn't let him have sugar to this day. He's 26 years old. Oh, to my this gosh. Day, he doesn't eat cake, cookies. But see, I, don't, I haven't done that. My son eats Nothing. all that stuff. The only thing oh, that he no. doesn't eat is the fast food stuff. Okay, but you cook no. the, your own cookies. You don't buy, like, Chips Ahoy or Oreos. No, no. I would buy, I buy, I've bought him oh, you cookies, buy Chips but, like, Ahoy? at bakeries. You buy, you buy. I don't buy Chips Ahoy, no. Lorna Dunes? Do you buy. <laughs> I've had uh, a Lorna Dune once or twice. You those things? You buy them? I usually buy things from bakeries. I support exactly. local. Exactly. Where it's natural cookies made with whole wheat, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> They're not whole wheat. Uh, oh, they go. Stop, no right. Stop lying. And you no know, I, you buy them from these specialty places that use, you They're know, all honey organic. instead of processed sugar. That you know, Oh, have, Linda, you made his day today, girl. You just made wheat, his day. No, you buy whole wheat chocolate chip crap cookies that nobody wants to eat. And the kid well, the doesn't know point. any better, so he says, can I have one of these crappy cookies? Because he never had a real cookie. <laughs> Is that what he says? Are those yes. exact words? <laughs> I'm speaking. He's thinking it. One day he's going to learn, and he's going to realize my mom tortured me. Go ahead, Linda. We'll give you the, the final the word as point. we go off on our tangent. The, the, the whole point is he did not get junk food. He did oh. not get anything sweet. Oh. And he's grown up to be a wonderful 26-year-old adult. Okay, so, my kid, my parents, I, I, to be honest, I've been financially independent since I'm 10. So when I was a paper boy at eight, I stopped at the candy store every single solitary day. My parents had no idea. I would get ice cream on my own. I'd buy hot dogs at a great deli. I would go to the local candy store and get English muffins and play pinball with my buddies. We had a great time. I don't. I don't think I would call that financially independent. I think I would call that enough money to spend. I had enough money, money to, to buy my own food. I bought uh, that's not food. Those Pizza, are snacks. McDonald's. You name it. I bought it. I bought mm-hmm. it all. And guess what? I survived. I didn't get traumatized. Uh-huh. You are so traumatized. Well, that's why you're manorexic today. No, I'm yeah, just. When you go. get older, you're. you're <laughs> It just it just doesn't go down like it used to. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, your metabolism slows down in spite of all my workouts. But I'd like to stay in shape. I work hard to get in shape. I do it an hour and a half yeah. a day. I mean, you've seen my hands. Every single finger on my hands is busted 400 times. If only we could lock up our waistline like we do our privacy. Oh, good grief. All right. I'm, you know what? I'm banning the word Linda for the rest of the show. 800 941 Sean. if you want to be a part of the program. 
right, that's going to wrap things up for today. As always, thank you for being with us. Full investigation tonight. Flip flop. Fauci, what did he know? When did he know it? Fauci lied and people died is trending on Twitter today. Uh, anyway, we'll have full investigation on this. Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, uh, the great one, Mark Levin, Dan Bongino. You'll meet the parent of a student at Columbia Prep where they got their own sex ed and much, much more. Say so EDVR, Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight, Fox. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. <laughs>